What's up, everybody? It's Dan Greer with Leading from the Middle of the Pack, coming to you today to talk about the three principles of influencing others and uh, kind of what got me started in those and why I use them and where I use them at and how I use them and how you can use them. All right, hope you guys enjoy. We'll be right back. The big question is this. How are leaders, like us, who aren't necessarily in a management position, who go out and get our hands dirty, who are ready to answer their calling from God to lead, who are driven to learn and grow, gain the trust and respect of those around us, to actually be heard while not coming across as an authoritative prick? These are the questions, and this is the podcast that will give you the answers. Hi, my name is Dan Greer, and welcome to Leading from the Middle of the Pack. Sweet! So glad you guys are still here. It's awesome to have you guys here and everything that's going on. I know that you guys are super busy and so I'm pumped that you're here. Today we're going to be talking about the three principles to influencing others. Now, there's three main things that I like to think about whenever it comes to influencing others. And um, and there's a million things that go into them. Actually, there's like 17 or 18 principles that go into influencing others. But today we're going to talk about my first three, my favorite three to talk about. Um, and before we jump into that though, I want to talk about like influencing others and what I mean by that, and because I know, I know, I know that somebody's going to be like, "Hey Dan, does this mean that I can influence somebody to steal something?" No, that's not what I'm talking about. You got to be like logical. You got to be legit. You got to be honest with everything that you're doing. So I'm not talking about some stupid. I'm talking about influencing people to help them, right? Or influencing them in a sale, or influencing them to help change the culture, or influencing them. To help grow the business, like helping to influence people is is everything in life. And being able to influence others is probably one of the biggest skills that you can have. When you look at all the big ultimate sales of the world, they're all done with influencing. You are influenced to listen to this podcast. You're influenced to listen to whatever podcast you're listening to. You're influenced to watch TV. You're influenced to listen to the radio. You're influenced to listen to different music. You're influenced to watch movies. There, you're influenced in every aspect of your life. And if you don't think you're influenced, then you need to open your eyes because there is some massive influence going on in every aspect of your life, whether you want to believe it or not. If you've uh, turned on the TV today or listened to any kind of commercial, you've been influenced. If you've talked to anybody else today and you haven't been uh, alone, solely alone, you've been influenced. If you open social media this morning, you've been influenced. There's influence going on all around you. And so what I really want to talk about when it comes to influence is not necessarily like, yes, some of the principles that deal with how to influence others, but also the principles of influence that are used so you're aware of them. And and they're not mean. They're not manipulating. They're not evil. I had somebody the other day come up to me and they're like, Dan, how can you talk about influence in others? I just feel like you're just manipulating people. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm not influencing. I'm not manipulating anybody. Anybody. I'm not pulling anybody's strings. I'm not being a puppeteer. That's not who I am. Now, I might influence you to try to do something one way or another to help save you some time or to help make our life easier. But I'm not going to manipulate you to do anything. Manipulating is something that you do whenever you're mean, mean mean-spirited, mean-hearted. When you manipulate somebody, you're not being very nice to them, not being very nice to yourself. You're not helping them out. You're doing it only for you, not for them, not for any other reason other than, than to help you out and make you look good. That's when you manipulate somebody. So I want to talk a little bit about where these principles come from. And, and to do that, I'm going to tell you a story. 
and and um, it starts back. It, go, it goes back a, a while ago. So I was working for a company, um, and and I was their DOT manager. And I walked in the president's office. I'd scheduled a meeting with him. I said, "Hey, are you gonna be in?" He's like, "Yeah, I'll be in. Come by about two o'clock." So I came by about two o'clock. I was there at like one fifty. Sit around waiting for him for about five minutes. He let me in. He was he got done a little bit early. He let me in about one fifty-five, and I came in. And we sat down. And we started having a nice conversation. And I said, "You know, things are going really good, but I'm not getting the buy-in that I really want to get to make the progress that I want to make." And he goes, what progress do you want to make? And I told him what my goal was. And he's like, ooh, that's really ambitious. I was like, yeah, I know it's ambitious, but I can do it. And I know I can do it. And I have the drive to do it. And I have the knowledge to do it. I just need to get some buy-in. How do I get buy-in? And we sat there and chatted for a little bit. And he gave me some ideas. And uh, super knowledgeable, wise man. Oh, my gosh. Wise beyond his years. One of the one of the smartest guys that I've ever talked to when it comes to business and life and people in general. Also one of the most caring and best leaders I've ever been around. And and um, I know that you all have somebody like that in your life that you've met that's just phenomenal to spend time around. And uh, we got to talking and after a little bit he goes, he says, man, I need you to, I want you to go buy this book. And I said, okay, what book do you want me to buy? And he goes, it's an old book, but I want you to go buy it. And I said, okay, what book is it? And, and I don't re- I didn't read at that time. I hadn't been reading. I hadn't been doing anything. This was the first time that I was going to pick up a book and read it, except for to my kids in years. I mean, years. And uh, nothing for me, ever. And, and he says, it's an old book, but I want you to go buy it. I said, okay, I'll buy it. What is it? He's like, it's called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I want you to go buy it today. I said, all right, I'll go buy it. So I left, I went on Amazon, I found it, well I thought I found it, <laughs> and, and I bought it, and, I, and the book I bought was How to Win Friends and Influence People in the Digital Age, which is the new book of it, and I read it, oh man, I was proud of myself for reading that book, and I came back in and I talked to him about two weeks later, I was like, yeah, I just read that book, he's like, you did? In two weeks? I was like, yeah, I read it, he's like, good for you, what'd you learn? I was like, and I set the book out of the counter, he's like, oh, you got the new one. You need to go back and get the old one. Try again, then come back and see me. Then we can talk about it. He's like, you need to read the old one. The new one is good, but the old one is is the key that you need to win in this game. And I said, okay. So I went and found the old one. He's like, I got a copy at home if you want it. And I said, no, I'm good. I'll go buy it. If I buy it, I'll read it. If you give it to me, I may put it on a shelf and never touch it. I want to be invested in this. So I went and bought the book and I read it and I read that How to Win Friends and Influence People. Now Dale Carnegie was so wise. He was so beyond his time whenever it came to this. And I'm telling you that if you haven't read How to Win Friends and Influence People, you need to read it. That book is by far one of the best books ever for leaders. I don't care what kind of leader you are. I don't care what you're a leader of. That book is phenomenally amazing for leaders. I mean amazing. There is so much good information in it. Dale Carnegie talks about a lot more principles in there, but uh, but I pulled three of the main principles out of it, and I broke it down into seven different categories, but I like to keep these three principles in there, and the three principles that I like to work off of is to make them like you, number one, number two, win them to your way of thinking, and number three, be a leader, and, and what I want to do is I want to take a few minutes, and I want to just kind of dive into these a little bit more, because I've learned so much, and I've utilized these principles to help me not only at home with my wife and kids, 
not only as a DOT manager, but as a business owner. So these principles apply to sales, they apply to customer service, they apply to making your wife or husband happy, they apply to dealing with your kids or dealing with an, with an irate person on the road or a stranger that you meet or the cashier. Um, these principles can make a big difference if you implement them in your life, okay? So the first one is to make them like you. And what's the first thing that you can do to make somebody like you? Like what's one of the best things that you can do to make somebody like you? Give them money. No, that's not right. They can't give them money. I know. I know that sounds good, but that's not what you're after. <laughs> I mean, that makes them like you, but for the wrong reasons, right? Give you a million dollars. Yeah, I'm going to like you, Dan, but do you really like me? No, you like the money I just gave you, right? The best way to make them like you is to start by smiling. A smile can change everybody's life. So I was flying one time, and um, I I've flown a lot. I've traveled a lot in my life, and, and uh, I was coming home from this place, and the uh, they had just closed the door to the plane. Like literally, they did a last minute gate change. I didn't catch the gate change. I was sitting there pounding away on my computer. I looked up and I was like, "Man, my plane should be boarding." And I looked and it was like seven gates away and I couldn't make it. And and I got there and they were closing the door, and the lady still had her hand on the door. And I looked at her and I smiled. And it was a Friday night, and I know the plane was pretty full. And I smiled at her and I said, excuse me, ma'am, but I was, I didn't get the gate change. Is there any chance you could find it in your heart to open, to not, to not let go of that door? Because once they let go of that door, they can't reopen it, right? I don't know if you know that, but in, by federal law, once the door is closed, they can't reopen the door to let you on the plane once boarding is closed. And she looked at me and I smiled at her. Now she had two options in that moment. She could have either let go of that door and said, sorry, bud, catch your next flight a couple hours away. I'll get you on standby for it. But instead, she looked at me and she saw the smile. And she said, sure, I haven't seen a smile that good in days. And she opened the door. She scanned my ticket and she let me on. And I, I literally got the last seat on airplane. And it was all because I smiled at her. That was it. She could have been having a great day. She could have been having a horrible day. It didn't matter before that. My smile is what changed her life. My smile is what made her not let go of that door. My smile was what originally brought her over to me. And that's what made all that happen. It was all because I smiled at her. If you're sitting there frowning the whole time, ain't nobody going to want to talk to you. Ain't nobody going to want to be around you. Ain't nobody going to buy nothing from you. Ain't nobody going to listen to you because you're frowning. The only thing they're going to do is they're going to be like, hey, what can I do to help you? That's it. That's all they're going to do. So smile. Out of the first principle of making them like you, the first secret is to get them get you to smile at them, right? Now, the next thing is, is to get genuinely interested in them. Now, this, for some people, they struggle really, really hard with getting genuinely interested in somebody else because they're so freaking selfish, they can't get out of their own head to actually talk about anybody else. So today, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, what happened with one of my one of my guys that I work with. Um, he was having a rough day, man. Like, it was tough. I could tell it was tough, and so I smiled at him. And I told him, I was like, man, you got to smile more, bud. And then I told him some jokes and got him smiling a little bit. And he felt better, right? Got out of that little slump a little bit. And then a little bit later, we were chatting a little bit. And I actually chatted with him. Like, I listened to him. I listened to what he had to say. I talked to him. And, and he told me what was going on. And, like, I understand why he was feeling the way he was feeling. And why he was so down and depressed. Like, I get it. I get it 100%. And then at the end of it, I was able to, you know, 
talk to him a little bit more and get him to kind of buy in on some of the stuff that I had going on. So stuff that I needed him to be excited about, to say the least. Because I needed somebody excited with me, right? So I got genuinely interested in him. That way he could in turn reciprocate later, right? The last thing that I'm going to say, and this goes a lot with getting genuinely interested in them, is to be a good leader for this one. So the last secret of getting them to like you is to be a is, is to be a good listener. I'm sorry, to be a good listener. And and what I mean by being a good listener is, is most people, they listen to answer. They've already thought of five answers the second they've opened their mouth. Somebody else is talking to them, and they're talking about this and that and all this, and, blah, 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 and all they can think about is what they're going to say back to them. They're not actually listening to them. They're not getting the information from them. They're not looking them in the eye. All they care about is, oh, i got to tell my story. Oh, i got a good story for this. Oh, i got a good joke that goes with that. Oh, I got this. Oh, I got that. Oh, this is so much more important than what you have to say. I'm just going to cut you off and say it, which is not what you want. It's not how you want it to go because guess what? Whenever you're a good listener, you actually are genuinely interested in them, listening to what they have to say. And a lot of times you're smiling because you're interested in what they have to say, right? So by being a good listener, you're not listening to answer. You're listening to listen. And I think so many people forget about that and they just listen to answer. All they care about is the answer. All they care about is looking smart. Stop caring about how you look. If you're trying to influence somebody to make a decision, if you're trying to help them do something that's right, don't care about how you look. Care about them. Make them first in everything that you do. Make them first in your life. Make them first in everything that happens. They should be the first thing in that conversation is them. You know, here, here's one of the things that I found out, and this is um, something that works really, really well for me. And and some people, it's amazing. I can tell exactly who's who's uh, genuinely good at heart and who's not good at heart is the conversation I have with them. Now, I'm not saying that I don't fail at this. I'm not saying that I'm perfect at this because I fail at everything. And nothing ever works out perfectly for me. I God, good Lord knows that, right? But what I do is I start the conversation out with, how are you doing today? Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. And I get them to talking about them. Because they like to talk about them. Right? And that's how I get to be genuinely interested in them. And then I'm a good listener. Because I'm listening to what they have to say. And I'm not listening to what they have to say so I can compare my story to them. I'm listening to what they have to say so that I can contribute to them later. Because contribution is one of the seven key principles or six, six, six key principles of life is contribution is one of them, right? And, and if I can contribute to their life, then I feel really fulfilled because I've helped them. And so I get them talking about them and the people, it's kind of funny because 90% of the people that I talk to will talk about themselves all day long. They never, ever ask me about anything. Like I've had conversations with people for years and they've never been like, so what does your software do? So what does your company do? So what exactly have you built? And then I tell them what we've done when they finally ask that question. And they're like, holy crap, I had no idea what you designed and built. This is amazing. It's like, well, yeah, you didn't bother to ask. You don't care. You care about yourself. Didn't ask me anything. You haven't talked to me about what I do for the last four years. (laughs) We've been talking about you for four years before you finally asked about me. But I finally got them like... They, they knew that I was genuinely interested in them, or, or at least it seemed like I was genuinely interested in them because I was talking to them about them. And then I remember stuff about that, and I make those notes, right? That's how I get interested in them. 
So the first principle is to make them like you. And the first and the first secret to doing that is to smile. The second is to get interested in them. And the third is to be a good listener. Now the next principle is to win them to your way of thinking. Now, I know that this sounds really bad. And it sounds like you're trying to convince somebody to do what you want them to do. But you are. You are trying to convince them that you're the best product in the world to buy from. You are trying to convince them that you are the smartest person to get coaching from. You are trying to convince them that you are the right person for the job. You are. That's just the way it works. It's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get them to think the way that you do. And so it's not a bad thing. And you've got to realize that it's not a bad thing. It's actually a great thing. Because guess what? If I didn't get you to think that this was the best podcast ever, would you be here listening to it? No. No way. Right? If you didn't convince your wife or your husband that you were the best option for them, would they be married to you? No, not a chance, right? <laughs> if you didn't convince your kids that you were super dad or super mom or that, that you're the best cook in the world, would they think that way? No, we've got to get people to get our way of thinking all the time. So it's not a bad thing. Don't think it's a bad thing. Don't look at it as manipulation. It's just getting somebody to see things through our light, through our lenses. Right? So the first way you do this is you get them to say yes. Now, I learned this. Um, one of my mentors, Russell Brunson, tells a great story about how he learned about how getting people to say yes. And uh, the story that he tells is that he was at this uh, convention. He was he was a speaker one time. And he he uh, he was like, man, I'm, these guys are all doing good. And they've come up and they've done lots of good stuff. And they have all are getting business out of it. And he's like... He says, I get up there on stage and I go, I'm going to outperform these people. I'm going to teach everybody more than anybody else does. And so he gets up there and he does this killer presentation. And uh, and he gets done with the presentation and uh, he nods awkwardly and walks off and shakes a few hands and no stand-up applause, no nothing, like didn't make one sale out of it. And so instead of going back to the conference and learning, he went up to his room and hid in his room the rest of the conference. Because he'd been on stage and he didn't do as well as he wanted to. He didn't get any sales. He didn't closes. Didn't get nothing. He felt like a complete failure. And then uh, the next day he comes down and he was kind of sitting around the conference a little bit. He was talking to one of the guys and he says, "You know the difference between you and everybody else here? You and me?" And uh, he goes, "No, what?" He says, "The first time you asked anybody to say yes was when you pitched your product to him. You didn't get him to say yes any other time during your presentation." at all and he thought back through his whole presentation he's like i didn't get him to say yes even a little bit not even once before i asked him to buy from me they weren't primed they weren't ready to buy they weren't there right and so you got to get people to say yes to you and there's a lot of ways to get him to say yes is it all right if i tell you a story are you getting this are you picking this up do you understand right i just got you to say yes like five times did you, did you get that? Oh, just did it again. Holy cow. This is so easy. Oh my gosh. Are you getting this? Do you understand? Oh, just did it like two more times. Holy cow. It's not hard once you get good at them. And I like to call them micro yeses. You're asking little questions to get people to say yes. It's all you're doing. You're just getting them to say yes. That's all it is. Um, went to Tory Robbins event not too long ago. And he, <laughs> he literally says, do you agree? Say yes. And everybody goes, yes. And then by the end of the conference, he goes, say yes. And they all go, yes, make a move. Yes, say yes, yes. You're just literally, they're doing exactly what he tells them to do. And they're saying yes. He's getting micro, thousands and thousands of micro commitments out of everybody every single day that they're there. 
to pump up their self-confidence and to make a sale at the end of it that most people don't even see as a sale. But he's getting them to say yes. And so you got to do the same thing with your people, right? How's your day going? Oh, it's great. Oh, man, yeah, my day is pretty good too, dude. How's your weekend? Did you have a good weekend? It was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Just got you to say yes, right? Oh, man. What'd you think of that game last night? It was pretty good, huh? It was close, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yes, it was. Right? And if you watch, if you watch, when somebody agrees with you, they'll start shaking their head. And what you want, what you want is when you talk to somebody, you want them to be shaking their head yes the entire time. And then when you get to that question, they're automatically going to go yes, because their head is moving up and down. And they're saying yes before they even know it. So getting people to say yes by asking those micro questions is huge. It's huge. The next secret is to let the other person think it's their idea. Now, this is where a lot of people struggle. A lot of people love the credit for what they're coming up with. Man, I came up with this new idea. It's so awesome. I love this all. I'm going to change the culture of this whole company, and it's so my idea, and I'm going to take credit for changing the culture. I'm going to take credit for bringing this guy in to do this. I'm going to take credit for bringing on this new program. I'm going to take credit for this. And they love that credit. But the truth is, the truth is, if you really want somebody to buy from you, if you really want to influence somebody, you have to get them to think it's their idea. You have to get them to think that they have nothing else in the world is any better than it's their idea. And this is so the truth to get them to think that it's their idea. And it works so well. Think about it. When you got married, was it your idea or your spouse's idea to get married? It was probably their idea, especially if you're a guy. And she primed you by getting you to say yes a million times beforehand. And you primed her because you got her to say yes a million times. Oh, honey, do you want to go out tonight? Yes. Oh, do you like do you like Chinese food? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, man. What kind of movie do you want to see? you want to do a scary one or a funny one? I like funny better. How about you? Oh, yes. I like funny way better, right? Oh, you want to get married? Oh, yes. <laughs> right? Right? I prime my wife every day to say yes. All day long because I know that at night I want her to say yes. I'm kidding. Kind of. Not really. But you know what I mean. Right? You got you to gotta get people to say yes. And then you got to make them think it's their idea. Right? Like, And that's part of it. It's getting other people to think it's their idea. Plant seeds. You got to plant seeds all day long. Um, I have to laugh because the other... I, I was working for this company one time and, and we were... Uh, I'm going to grab a quick drink. I have to laugh because I was working for this company one time and they uh, they wanted to change their culture. They brought me in to change their culture. And it's kind of funny because four years before they brought me in to change their culture, I'd planted seeds. I'd been planting seeds with them for the last four years about culture change. Um, just like I've been planting seeds in you about culture change. I've been planting seeds in you guys about bringing me in to do your work for you and like help you out and be a consultant for you. And, and I've been priming you by getting you to say yes and all this other stuff. But anyways... They, they uh, four years before they brought me in to help them with culture change, I have to laugh because I had planted the seeds in multiple people's heads about culture change. It was just a casual conversation about culture change. And then every time we talked, we talked a little bit about culture and we talked a little bit about where we were at and what we were doing as a company and some of the success that we've had. And, and I planted the seed with them every single time. And so finally, when they called me one day, four years later, I mean, I can't believe it took four years to get the yes out of them, the, the big yes, but they... Uh, they they said, man, we've got this great idea. We need to change our culture. And I was like, oh, really? That's awesome. Where'd you get that idea? I don't know. It just came to me while I was sleeping. Oh, really? While you were sleeping? <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me? I've been 
preaching this to you for four years about culture and you're going to take credit for it for sleeping? I was like, man, that is so awesome. I'm so glad that you got it while you were sleeping. That's so cool. What can I do to help? <laughs> Write the check. <laughs> anyway, so so I got him to think it was their idea. And sometimes it takes a while to plant seeds. You got to nurture those seeds. It's not going to just happen overnight. And you need to realize that, that no matter what you're doing to influence others, you got to plant those seeds. You got to get those ideas. And if you don't think seeds are being planted on you right now, they are. I guarantee it by everybody all around you all the time. Some people are smart enough to realize they're planting seeds. And some people don't understand that by planting seeds, they're making a huge change, right? But it does take, you know, planting seeds. So we've got make them like you, you know, smile, be genuinely interested in them, be a good listener. And then we got the second principle, win them to your way of thinking, get them to say yes over and over and over again. And then um, the other one is let the person think is their idea. Now, the last principle of this is to be a leader. Now, there's a lot of bosses in the world, and I could go on and on and on about bosses, and this podcast is all about being a leader, and being leadership, and being a leadership role, and being a leader when you're not in charge, and, and leading no matter where you're at. And you don't have to be a boss to be a leader, right? That's what this podcast is all about. So the last two secrets are to praise in public and correct in private, and to use encouragement and make problems seem easy to correct. Those are the last two things that I want to talk about. And so praise in public and correct in private, this is a huge one that so many people lose track of. So often we use negativity for growth, and we, we expect it to grow. Like we expect people to improve because we're negative. We go into a company meeting, a tailgate meeting, a safety meeting, and we go, Joe almost chopped his hand off with a chainsaw last week. We can't be having that crap. And Joe just got called out, and he doesn't feel good about it. And the guy who did it, I guess he might feel good about it if he's a prick or not nice, right? The guy who's calling him out in front of the whole group about it. And the whole group now looks at Joe and like, oh my gosh, you almost cut off your hand. And Joe's like, oh my gosh, this guy's a drama queen. I didn't cut off my hand. Almost cut it off, but I didn't do it, right? But he didn't, he didn't do any good by doing that, right? Like, the way that you bring something like that up is like, hey, guys, hope everybody's doing good today. I hope you guys are having a great day. How was your weekend? Does everything go good? Get them to say yes. Get those micro yeses, right? Hope you had a great weekend. What do you think of that game? It was super close, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, we guys have really been killing it this year. We're super glad as to everything that's going on, right? You're smiling at them. You're, you're, you're getting them to say yes. You're getting them to think that safety's their idea, right? Man, you guys, I'm so glad that we've got such a safe team here. You guys are awesome being safe all the time we really appreciate that you guys take a lot of care using your chainsaws and that you know taking time making sure that you're not getting too close to your hands you're using gloves and the chains tight and you're using chaps and all that good stuff that way you're safe right and you got goggles on and everything that you need because the last thing we want is for nobody to, for somebody not to go home tonight because they got hurt or somebody have to go to the hospital or or to tell somebody's spouse or significant other that they're they're in the hospital or they got hurt right like that's the last thing we want to do but that's like praising in public. Did you see how that correction was? Did you see how gentle that correction was? Joe didn't get called out. Nobody knows that Joe was using the chainsaw and almost cut his hand off. Joe knows it. Joe's going to feel bad about what he did. Right? But nobody else knows it. Nobody else knew that Joe almost cut his hand off with a chainsaw. So you, you almost praised everybody and, you, and you, you correct Joe in private. You take him in there and you're like, Joe, sorry, bud, but we can't be letting this happen. How are you going to fix it? And help him work through the problems, right? And when you praise, you praise in public. You don't be like, oh, hey, Bob, here's this gift card for getting an inspection with zero violations, man. No, you go, hey, guys, I got some news. We're sitting out here today 
because Bob here went through a port of entry and got zero violations. Bob, here's 100 bucks cash. Boom. Here you go. And hand it to him in front of everybody. And everybody's going to get green with envy. Because they all want that 100 bucks. Oh, I'm going to start going through ports of entries and getting inspections with no violations. Sweet, do it. I'll get you some money. I'll give it in front of everybody. But if you do it in quiet, if you do it in public, if you do it in private, nobody knows about it. So you got to do that. You got to praise in public. You got to get people excited. You got to get them excited about it. The second one is, is to use encouragement and make problems seem easy to correct. We did that with that first example when we were talking about, you know, corrective actions with the chainsaw, right? We did it. We used encouragement, right? We gave them something to live up to. We give them a name of being safe. We give them an idea that they are super safe to live up to that name, number one, right? Number two, we made it easy to correct. Oh, yeah, we give you guys gloves. Make sure your chain's tied. Super easy to fix it. Just check it a couple times a day. If it starts getting loose, shut off your saw. Cool it down. Take a sip of water. Every time you get to drink, you know, check your blade. Right? Check the chain. Make sure it's good. Sharpen it every day. Like, you're giving everybody encouragement to go through, and it seems really easy, and you're giving them a bunch of small tips. Whereas if you are if you come at it a lot differently... Right? And problems aren't easy. You know, chains are expensive. We gotta sharpen them every single day. You need to tighten them every time you stop and like and and you just suck at what you're doing and there's a lot to do with these saws, but you know, you better just get some help because I don't think you can do it on your own. We just gave him the same advice, but one was encouraging and one wasn't. Which one do you want to listen to? Which one do you want to be given to? Which one how do you want to be coached? Right and like I, I forget about that all the time, I'm I'm uh, especially with my kids, I forget exactly how to coach. So we got one toilet in our house that runs. I know, don't tell me. I just need to go get a new new uh, thing and replace the inside of it. It's not hard to do. Y'all are like, Dan, you're lazy, man. It's been running for like six months. And you make your kids jiggle the handle. I'm like, yeah, it's good for them to learn how to jiggle the handle because uh, some of those kids need a little bit more time. <laughs> a little bit of time figuring out how to work plumbing fixtures and stuff like that because having no flush a dang toilet anyways so i'm like just jiggle the handle when you're done well the other day i get up and i and notice that water's been running i can hear my water pump kick on in my house and it is my oldest son he's very much a physical touch guy and he loves hugs and he loves hugs first thing in the morning and so he gets up and and first thing i do is i come out of the room instead of giving him hugs i shut him down jiggle the whole jiggle the handle in the toilet next time for god's sakes right Totally the wrong way to handle it. Totally the wrong way to do it. I didn't make it seem easy. Now, he hasn't forgotten. He's jiggled the handle a lot recently, but I'm sure he is like, that dirty son of a doesn't love me because he told me to jiggle the handle before he gave me a hug. Then I gave him a hug, and then I apologized for what I did and how I did it after I went back and jiggled the handle. But my point is, is that like we all forget and we all make mistakes, right? doesn't mean we can't teach people, but we want to do it correctly. So I'm going to do a quick recap here. Three principles for influencing others that I use is make them like you, win them to your way of thinking, and then be a leader. Be a leader, not a boss, but a leader. And then the seven principles are those just to smile, be genuinely interested in them, be a good listener, get them to say yes, let the other person think is their idea, praise in public and correct in private, use encouragement and make problems seem easy to correct. So guys, that's it. That's what we've got today. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you got a lot out of this. If you did get a lot out of this podcast, go ahead and share it if you don't mind. I'd love for you to subscribe and share it. And if you uh, if you tag me when you share it, I will, uh, man, I'll give you some love back. So so I really want you guys to do that. Please like, please like it. Please share it. 
Take a selfie of you listening to it wherever you're at and be like, dude, I'm just listening to leading from the middle of the pack. This is awesome. Love this. Can't believe this guy gives us so much of whatever. But yeah, if you guys could do that, I'd sure appreciate it. It a lot to me. Um, really coming from my heart. It would actually mean a lot for me if you guys would share this and get, get it out there. We're doing everything we can. But hope you guys are having a great day. And we'll chat with you soon. Later.